Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. I'm here with the coach, John Brett. And I'm here with the vet, Mr. Ian Griffin, live from Elite Fitness tonight. Should have a good signal, guys. Uh-oh, man, you look good. You're sitting there. Uh, Gene said you're probably watching all the people working out in there and all this other stuff. I won't go into any more dialogue regarding that, but I'll just say that's part <laughs> of what's going on. So we got to oh, keep yeah. you focused in on this, Coach. You know, Let's do it. Here. So, hey, uh, we got two guests now. I'm going to let you introduce our hometown favorite there. Man, one of my favorite people it. in the whole – yeah, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Pittsburgh zone, hero, uh, legend, Mr. Allen Bailey, all of that. What's going on, man? Not much. I hope ain't too many people watching them lies you're telling, man. God, no. <laughs> and if I'm if I'm uh, one on of your now. favorites, we got to find you some more some more friends. Hey, I can always use some more friends. I don't know. Friends are kind of a liability when you get older. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we got to ask who is this guy here, man? What is that oh, right my there? Goodness. Hey man, that's a work that's a working stiff promoting the best podcast on the air right there. Yes, sir. All you gotta do is go to www.thecoachandthevet.com and go to our shop. And we've been down for about four days, but it is back alive and kicking. Like Lizzie Howe says, back from the dead. And we got the the handsome model himself, Pittsburgh Pirate 1987 quarterback <laughs> himself, the man of the hour, toasting the coach and the vet. Man, oh, man, I love it. So, I have to introduce second time, third time you're on here. Is that right, there, Gene? Something like that. I forget. I keep. I stop counting. You know, I got too much fan mail. Well, well, we almost didn't get you on due to the fact that your damn Raiders took it to our damn Cowboys this <laughs> this, this other day. Not a Raiders, on Thanksgiving. I'm not a Raiders fan. I'm a Bills fan, and that should help you out a little bit. I appreciate that, but it ruined my Thanksgiving. Everything else was. Totally perfect for Thanksgiving. I was laughing the whole time. But that right there. Bill's I believe fan. they call it. Wow. They, I believe they call it the flag bowl is what they call it. I don't know. But anyway, so I got Gene here, former Delta Dog 701st, <clears throat> Mighty Platoon Sergeant, and he abused my son when he came in the service when he was a platoon sergeant for him too. So what's going on, Gene? Nothing much. Nothing much. I agree. You know, when you get older, friends are a liability. I agree with that, Coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they always want you to help them move so my question or, is, or, or fix something. Yeah, yeah. that's how it is. Who's this sexy guy right here? That wow. sexy beast right there is a monster from Iraq right there. Getting ready to go out on a convoy. Watching like out for it. all those wires and all that good stuff. Heck yeah, I like it. And those were those hillbilly armor vehicles we got there. That's probably Delta 7 you was in front of. <laughs> Because your damn warrant officers didn't want you to go out and freaking protected vehicles because they wanted to ride around the fob in the damn things. I remember that shit. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's, that's correct. It, that the, I will tell you, you had some fine example of a warrant officer down there, and that, that was definitely not what the Army looked at when they select warrants because I'm going to throw it out there. There's some awesome, phenomenal warrant officers in the United States Army, but they just didn't happen to be along with him and his section, I can tell you that. That is correct. That so, is correct. So, anyway, well, moving along, Coach, we got some interesting topics tonight. Well, yeah, before we get to the topics, I got to find out from Gene why he's a Bills fan. I mean, my wife's from Buffalo, East Aurora, actually, right outside of Buffalo. So, and I can understand why she's a Buffalo Bills fan, but why would you be a fan is what I want to know. Well, I'm from Illinois, and they had, when, when 
back when I was in school, for some reason, I like I love the black and white. I love the the fact that they would run it down your throat and say, you know, you're going to either stop us or we're going to run it down your throat. Mm. And then uh, Shane Conlon was on defense and all that. I love Shane Conlon with, you know, he was a great football player. And then he went to the NFL with the Buffalo Bills. So I was like, you know what? Mm. I guess I got to be a Bills fan. I couldn't get into the Bears at all because the Bears are just kind of boring. Yeah. After so, Walter, uh, she's Walter been a, left, it was boring. So you're a Cubs fan and a Bills fan? Yes. Repeat losers. That's interesting. <laughs> I thought for the life of me that you was a Bengals fan or a Browns fan. Wow. So what, what made Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. I thought for sure you had a Bernie Kosar wig or some shit like that. Wow. <laughs> if I could grow hair like Bernie Kosar did, boy, I'd be all right back then. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Well, well, that's good. I, what we're going to get into tonight is a couple of, uh, a couple of things that the last couple of weeks have been big news. Um, one of the things that we talked about just to coach and I, or excuse me, the bet and I recently was the Rittenhouse trial. And, and there's lessons that can we take from that. But one of the things that, that, that I've looked at and have you know thought about a lot is how the politicians and the media immediately commented that this guy, even, even president 46 said, you know, white supremacist and, and Kamala Harris saying some very similar things about a modern day lynching type situation. Before there was any type of evidence at all, um, any, anything more than just the narrative white kids shoots people at Black Lives Matter event, as they'll call it, or protests, whatever you want to call it that week. So I guess I want to pass this around and ask, what lesson can we take from this trial? And has the media and the politicians discredited themselves in this trial? Because when things happen like today, we had a horrible shooting at a, at a, a school I believe just north of Mich uh, Detroit in Michigan. And immediately I hear, you know, President 46, you know, talking about how sorry he is and his heart goes out. And sometimes it's just hard for me to believe him because is he really being honest? Is he really being from the heart or is he just being told what to say? So I think I want to ask that question. Has politi politicians and media been discredited? And I'll start with Alan and go to Gene and then I'll get to the vet in a minute. You know, I, I think uh, when you make it to the president and vice president level, I think keep your mouth shut, let the state, let the local authorities, let them handle it. Don't put your two cents in there because in the end, you might look like an idiot by the time it all gets washed out. You know, and it's real funny that, you know, they, they, they started calling him white supremacist and all this just because he was, you know, a, a white guy with a rifle which they said he came down, his friends asked him to come down and help protect their business. But they called him a white supremacist. But if I'm not mistaken, his three people that he shot were white folks. We were quick to call him a white supremacist. I don't know. I, you know, and I think of politicians, they all jumped on it early thinking, oh, man, this is going to be something I can use to help me out down the road. You know, let me get on the bandwagon real quick. And that's the way they've done on everything. I mean, you know, you hear, you hear about this constantly. But I guarantee like that Detroit shooting that happened earlier today, but I've barely heard anything about that so far. So it's whatever's going to help their agenda is what they're going to jump on fast and put their two cents in and then end up having to backpedal out of it at the end after all the after we let justice work the way it's supposed to work. Alan, I totally agree because right now there's not a lot going on. We're talking about what's happening in Michigan, but let them find out that this is a white guy shooting up the school 
and this white guy got a, an AR-15 or some kind of narrative that they want to use, and this will be the next big story that MSNBC and CNN and the, and the left uses. Let this be someone like Brooks that happened was an a African-American gentleman that runs through a crowd, and it's almost like it's crickets because it just it's not that it's not a bad thing. It's that they don't really believe this, or they really are not pushing this same narrative, Gene, that, you know, that they need to push for it to be a political statement of why they're they're right and the right is wrong. You know, I, I find it funny that you that you say that because uh, when, I, when I was studying for this, because I don't want to seem like an idiot tonight for this stuff and spout off and say some stupid stuff. Well, you know, I found not only was it Rittenhouse, they were said was a white supremacist. They were saying the judge. I got a guy at work that was calling the judge a white supremacist, but that guy is an elected Democrat for the last two two years. So he can't be, you know, they were calling him a Trumpy and all this other good stuff. And you can't, I mean, it, everything can't be black and white. Everything can't be race. And that's what drives me nuts is everything is race. And in fact, I went, you know, Joe Biden said it, like you said, Kamala Harris said something about it. I found another one that where a guy, he went into a restaurant, uh, a black guy, and he shot three people in a restaurant that were just sitting there. And I don't know why he did it. And and they never they never charged him with anything, anything or or nothing. They just said, okay, well, you shot those three people, you killed them. They were unarmed, and I never even heard of the guy. So what I got here, real quick, uh, we got the coach coming back here in just a second. But on the discrediting part. We, here we go. Um, we got the coach back with us, but on the discrediting part, the um, it, it it seems like if it's something that fits their agenda, the the far left or the Democratic Party or the media's agenda, that they'll be quick to, to capitalize on anything that can possibly uh, collaborate their agenda or their narrative. So they'll comment on it. But if it doesn't feed in their narrative. They're like crickets on everything. And uh, I'm going to throw it back to you, Coach, on this. I'm going to answer your question though, first. Is uh, The first lesson, I think, though, is I think we learned a lesson in America, if you watch the trial, that the media is full of shit. I mean, they're, they're completely full of shit. Alan and Gene, you, you both know this. We used to do hell and farewells in the Army. And in a hell and farewell each company or platoon would have to tell a story to give this broken wrench award to somebody. And only 10% has to be true. 10% meaning they had to be there and that was it. It could be anything as flamboyant. And it was opportunity for young officers to tell stories and embellish the shit out of things, just like a Texan would. Okay. So, but that's pretty much what the media did. The dude was a, a white guy. He was a guy, uh, you know, they probably even verified he had a penis for us all over with. I don't know. You know, and that was the only part that was true was those two things right there. And then they moved on and they ran with their narrative that after he jumped over the moon and freaking landed on Mars five times, he came back to Earth, fell in a damn motion, couldn't breathe fucking water. Excuse my language, but couldn't breathe because he's in the water, died, came back to life, walked on water like that. And then he went out there and executed some people because he's a damn terrorist because he got those ideas after being on freaking Mars because he had to jump over the moon, didn't have no oxygen in his head. That's exactly what the media just did because it is no damn different in the story. I mean, at the end of the damn day, it is a bunch of freaking lies. 
And uh, so what we learned is, is one, the justice system prevailed. We said we can't get an honest trial in America. Hell, we got one with the shop, uh, Chauvin case regarding George Floyd. We got one with the Arby case regarding the poor young man that freaking got slaughtered by some freaking racist individuals in Georgia. And we got one with the Rittenhouse case. And all three of them were all about freaking God dang common sense and not what the media projected or pushed or pulled. And so to me, the biggest lesson I learned was the media is so full of shit that they need a couple extra trash trucks to come pick that crap up because it is overflowing. That's just my thoughts, coach. I don't know. Well, one of the things that I've I've come to realize is what the media does is they immediately have a narrative and they push that narrative. And they're the ones that inspire all these people to do all these crazy things from rioting and looting, not based on evidence or fact, but based on on the emotions that they want you to have to believe that the white man, especially if it's a white guy and he has a gun in his hand, then he is already guilty. And if you go through the thing, even with the police, with Michael Brown, with Trayvon Martin, with any of these guys where the actual justice system goes through and you have to be guilty beyond a reasonable doubt and the verdict comes down based on the law, they still get mad and riot and say, well, he got off. Like this guy, I heard so many people on MSNBC and CNN say, well, Rittenhouse got off. No, he didn't get off. He didn't get convicted based on the law of Wisconsin and the self-defense laws that are there. The second thing that you learn with this is because, and I will say this, there's some of these things that they, they take a little bit further than they did with this one because, like Gene pointed out, these three guys were white. So that kind of cut their narrative in half. They brought it down on the level. If those guys would have been three black people that attacked him just like they did in, in the Black Lives Matter movement and they would have just been black, man, they'd be still burning stuff today even though it was self-defense. So I think one of the things that we have to realize and we've learned from this is if the media can capitalize on their crazy leftist agenda, they're going to do it. And if they can't, they're just going to let it kick to the, to the curb and to the side bit. Wasn't it? Okay. I hate to interrupt right there, but wasn't it uh, like a couple of years ago that uh, Bo Bergdahl was, was came back and Bo Bergdahl, that was the, the guy who got, was the prisoner of war of the, of the ISIL and everything like that. When he came back and then president Trump said something bad about him and the, and the media tore him to pieces for it, but it's fine for Joe Biden to call Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist. That's, that's another thing I don't understand. Yeah. And you're correct. And and one of the things that, that the media would have done from Jim Acosta down the line, they would have had a press conference president president Trump and they would have berated and demanded an apology the media now gets Joe Biden in front of it. They don't demand anything. They give him softballs. And when he should come out and apologize to Kyle Rittenhouse and his family because of what he said, he said, you know, I jumped too, you know, too fast to a conclusion. They're not going to do that. So he's not going to say anything because politically his side is set that they have that, that agenda that Kyle Rittenhouse did wrong. It's not going to matter what, what, what goes on from this point. Yeah. So they would ask the question like this which I refuse to ever answer a yes, no question or a question like this is Jim Acosta would have said, are you going to apologize? Yes or no president. And I would have refused like anybody else with any sense of morality to their brain of way to think. 
because I'm not going to force have you force me into question. But moving back to something on the lesson learned here is another thing is learned is there's 250 people that were arrested for the riots in Kenosha, roughly. Majority of them came from Kenosha or the suburb region. There were some come out of Oregon and Washington, apparently. But out of the 250, how many have been convicted? Zero. If they've been convicted, they sure the hell ain't releasing in the press. I'm telling you that right now. Zero. I don't know what an arson gets in Wisconsin, but I know just the average, I thought was around 10 years. For you burning somebody's place down, you get 10 years. And out of the 50 places, 35 are lost forever. There was over 100 burnt, 50 were low, uh, pretty much lost, but 35 are lost forever, you know. And so when you burn something down, we just attaboy you. So we talked about this the other day is we, we spent more time focusing on a murder trial, supposedly murder, you know, than we did taking the low-hanging fruit that we could have knocked out like freaking three days later and shit like that and moved on with them. Or we're just really going to sweep them under the carpet because they didn't get Joe Biden's attention and they didn't get uh, uh, Congresswoman Presley's attention or any of these other people. So the DA really wasn't forced in a corner to do something is what I think. But I'll throw it back at you, Coach. Yeah, well, it's one of those things where if you commit a crime and you and the public or the media believes that, oh, the crime is valid, like burning and looting because an injustice was perceived to be done, then it's really not a crime. I don't I've not understood that that thinking, but that's what's going on since President Obama allowed Ferguson to get the way it was. And he threw his his face in it is that, hey, you know, stop doing this, stop doing that instead of prosecuting those people. Eric Holder didn't do crap to prosecute those people in, in uh, Ferguson, Missouri. And that's why they do it now. That's why they did it in Seattle. That's why they're doing it. They did it in these places because there is no repercussions for it. Just like we see the smash and grab that's going on now in some of these cities, it's because they're not being prosecuted. If you do not have a consequence for an action that is considered to be criminal or wrong, you're going to continue doing it if you're a criminal. I think we got to get it over to Alan because he had something to say here just a second here. So, well, the coach, the coach, he stole most of it, but because I was going to bring up how many people got prosecuted in Ferguson, I, I, I didn't hear of any. You know, and what's really what really kills me is. When they start all this looting and burning, you're burning your own community. And some of them people, you know, they're mom and pop shops. They probably can't afford to rebuild even with the insurance money. So now that's not going to be there. So now down the road, you'll be complaining, oh, we don't have enough grocery stores. or We don't have enough of this store or that store in our neighborhood to provide us with what we need. Well, you idiot, you burned them to the ground. They didn't prosecute you for it. Do you think these people are going to rebuild in the same community thinking, Man, the next bad thing that happens, my business is going to get burnt to the ground again. Well, Alan, I think it's you and I, man. We're just having trouble tonight. And this is going to be an awful <laughs> podcast. It is going to be awful. My son's going to wear me out. Oh, my goodness. I, I agree, though. Is is uh, I don't I don't know what to think of all this here. Uh, I think there's I, I don't know what to say is, is I think there's an expectation out there that, hey, I just burned a hell out of place, you know, and I, we heard it, you know, is uh, we'll just bring insurance back in here. They got oh. insurance. Oh, the hell they do. I mean, they still got deductibles. And like there were some that were with chain restaurant or chain, it wasn't restaurant. But I think it was an uh, auto parts store or something. So we're never open here again. We're moving. 
We've had enough of this crap. There's no need. In this. So, and, go ahead, and, coach. And, no, and that's true, Vet, because I lived in, in a large city for a number of years in Dallas, and there used to be this uh, debate why are there not enough, why are there not opening up all these new malls and new shops in a certain areas of the city? And the reason for it, because the crime in that area is different than it is in a different area. So in this case, if there's always looting and burning and protesting in a certain area and they're not going to have any kind of dignity for that type of business or that area, then why in the world would I, as an entrepreneur or a business person, put my business in that area when you know they're not going to respect it and, and we're not even going to respect their own people? Just like Alan said, these are mom and pop shops. If you're not going to respect the old man and that's been there, an old woman that's been there for 30 years, barely getting by as part of your community, then why the heck are you going to respect the big business that wants to come in like Amazon or Target or Walmart when the first thing that's going to happen when there's an issue you don't like is you're going to loot it and burn it? The hell no, I'm going to go somewhere else in my business and don't complain about it. It's not racist for that to happen. It's called business sense. Yeah. I, me, me as a business owner, I would never want to, I mean, after seeing stuff like that, I'm like, I want a gated community and I want armed guard and I want uh, like uh, police recruitment through the roof and everything. I don't know. What do you think, Alan? I mean, yeah, and most of these same places, the same places that want to defund the, defund the police department, yeah. but they're the same ones that want to call the police when they're in trouble. So, you know, you know, but I mean, just like y'all said on uh, Monday on the podcast y'all put out, you know, most of these people that had these small businesses that, that did get burned and get looted, you know, their mom and pop, well, they're just barely making it from, you know, from maybe week to week. I mean, how do we know? I mean, they, they got to cover their overhead. If they're not, you know, with the pandemic the way it was, they probably lost out their butt anyway. So now you burn me to the ground. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to put myself and my family back through building it up and trying to get my business going again just so this could happen all over again down the road because I don't want to do the right thing. And the last thing is the media has such, they really have such a, um, a, a way of dealing with the public. If they could actually help this situation so much to be better for everyone, they could actually come out. Chris Cuomo and, and, and all these people that are, that are talking all the time, even Don Lemon and stuff and say, you know what guys, what we're doing is wrong. We're mad. We're pissed off. Yes, we need to protest, but you guys need to be peaceful instead of saying, well, you know, when people don't listen to things and they burn stuff and do things like that, you have to finally listen to them. When they condone it, there's people sitting at home going, let's go do more of it. When there's people sitting at home going, we can go steal whatever we want to, and there's not going to be any consequences from it. There's going to be no prosecution from it. There's not even going to be anybody telling me that it's wrong. And, and the people that are telling me that it's wrong are, are, are people that are pro-police and pro-America and they consider those people to be sometimes white supremacy. If you're white and you go, wait a minute, these people have been working their whole lives to build a business. They're barely surviving. They're paying their taxes. That's what the American dream is about. You're going to burn their shit to the ground and you want us to respect you? Come on, man. This is America. This ain't stupidity. Well, the one thing I got here is whatever happened to the days of journalism when they come out there with a camera and people are doing stupid shit and they go, well, we're not going to put you on the air unless you can answer why you're here and what you're doing and things like that. What's your name again? And all those things that we used to do as journalists is what's your name and what you're standing for and what you're here to gripe about and what do you think that you're, you know, you're accomplishing? But ain't none of that is like, hey, we just saw them drop the bricks off. There's some more right over here, guys. Go ahead. Hold on. I got the camera angle going. Hey, you know? I lost all respect for the media when just a year and a half you're ago. You're on mute, there were coach. 
No, can you hear me? Okay. I lost all respect from the media when this happened. A year and a half ago, there's a building burning behind the guy from CNN. It's on fire. There are people throwing things into the fire. And this fool says, well, I'm out here tonight, and there is nothing but peaceful protests and demonstrations going on. And it's burning right behind him. And he doesn't even mention the fire, Vic. Yeah, I agree. What What do you think on all that, Alan? Right there. Uh, you know what? Uh, I don't have a problem with people protesting. I mean, this country is pretty much, our, you know, uh, what's the, I can't think of the phrase I'm looking for, but you know, our country was formed on protest. I mean, Martin Luther King protested, and you know what? I didn't I didn't see him burn a building down with his group. I've watched a lot of documentaries. And, you know, I heard a dude to say that, that I don't like this guy. There was only the only reason I heard it because it was a commercial. But he said, if you want somebody prosecuted for something, do a documentary on it. Say, show him it was a murder on there. Then there'll be a trial. Then he'll get prosecuted. But we got to do a documentary first. So maybe we do a documentary on all these looting and writing, put those people on there. Maybe we get something done because we know who they are. We got them on video. There's no excuse not to prosecute. Yep. Facial recognition is almost an hell. Copper's Cove probably even got facial recognition. This is a little bitty old town. You and I used to learn how to do what is called BAT. I forgot it's biometric something something test. Look right now, Patine got you. Oh, show me a picture. Yeah, we got you right now. Boom. Once we see the eyes, we're good. You know, uh, Alan, one thing I'll say, you brought it up is our country was founded. You know, people revert back to our country was founded on the, the Boston Tea Party and all that. The people who went on the Boston Tea Party went on the ship while the people were on the ship. They let them go in. They dumped the tea. They even went back and put a lock that the one that they broke or picked back on there because they didn't want the guy to have to pay for his own lock. So there's a difference in decency on how they protested now and then because he knew the ship owner didn't own the ship. I mean, he didn't own the goods. He just owned the ship and he didn't want to damp. They didn't want to damage the ship itself. They only wanted to damage the goods. Now, they were still bad for damaging the goods, but they had a level of decency and respect to things where here it was just carnage. It was something that, to be honest, when we were all kids, we would watch a 1980s movie like, I don't know, uh, uh, what's the darn uh, movie with freaking Kurt Russell in it about L.A., Escape from L.A. or something like that. You know, you would expect that type of carnage, just complete anarchy. We made movies about it being futuristic, saying this would never happen, and it did. And uh, so, anyway, go ahead, Coach. I think we got to get ready to move on to the next one here. Well, the last thing I want to say on this, I'm just sick and tired of people breaking laws and saying, well, the reason I'm breaking a law is because of the injustice of someone else. You're giving me a reason why I'm a criminal. There's so many reasons in this world that you can say that I'm going to do something wrong or I'm going to cheat on my wife or I'm going to beat somebody up. But what you have to do is you have to grow up and be a respectable, mature person. And if you're not that kind of person, then you need to be prosecuted. There should be some kind of consequences for this stupidity that goes on that the news media that we're talking about and some kind of some of the politicians were bailing fools out two years ago when stuff was going on putting up funds and, and for to have people bailed out for breaking the freaking law and burning things. When did, when did our country start to say we're going to applaud criminal activity? Now it depends on what the criminal activity is for or against before people go, well, we understand it. We don't want to prosecute it. No, man, a crime is a crime. A thief is a thief. 
And you know what? Until we go get back to that type of standard as a society, we're going to end up having more and more of this crap bit. Well, so, yeah, one of them's in, in the vice president's seat right now. But we're going to move on. And, uh, we, uh oh, look here. Perfect timing because we got Gene back. And we're going to get him up here. And we're going to Gene. Welcome back, everybody. Phone, like coach. All right. So we're going to throw out a couple commercials here real quick. First one right here. If you're in the Granberry, Texas area, you got problems with any of your computer needs. Actually, I need to get these guys over about two hours east and uh, help us out on our comms. That would be great. But if you got any problems with your computer needs, go ahead and dial 1-877-967-GEEK-METROGEEK.COM. Run by a service member, former service member, great guy, and uh, he'll take care of you. Next thing I'm going to throw out here real quick, stop by the coachinthevet.com. There it is, the coachinthevet.com. Because if you do, you got some pretty cool stuff here. Let me see if I can find the stuff. You can buy one of these hats here that our model right there. Paid high dollar for that model right there. That's that a model right stud there, right there, buddy. Look, That's a stud. You look just as good as him. You get that right there. We have some of this right here also right there. And, uh, and Gene, I think you got a mug with a sticker on it. Those aren't the same stickers on the Coach and the Vet, but they have a different mug that you can get right there that has that stuff on it, the logo on it. And it, it'll look like this right here. Yep. And it's a pretty good hey, deal. Or this right I here. Say this, hey, I want to say this, Vet, with all this uh, all this stuff that we, we're having to pay this highly paid models. Guys, go to the coachinthevet.com. We can't afford Allen unless you start buying stuff. We just can't. Yep. What once you start buying, we, we can pay for these models. We can pay for pay for a better comms package to keep everybody up on here and such. Maybe fly them out here. I don't know. That would be cool. You got a lot of stuff to buy for that. And so so it is time to kick it down there a little bit. And since we talked about Kyle Rittenhouse and how inundated the media was with them. We have to talk about somebody else here, and that is Mr. Daryl Brooks himself. You know, in the town of Waukesha, I had to practice it a couple of times. It's like walkie-talkie Waukesha, all right? In the town of Waukesha, there's a Christmas parade just a few days ago, and a, gen a guy, I'm not going to say a gentleman because he's not a gentleman, but a guy drove down the street and ran over kids and elderly people, and the, the count now is up to six deaths right now. So I'm going to throw it to Gene first, and I'm going to ask the question. Has the media covered the Daryl Brooks case with the same passion and enthusiasm and been just as critical of him as the politicians made everything and in the Rittenhouse case? That's a, that is an absolute no. It did not happen because I haven't heard I didn't even know the guy's name until until I came on the show today because I had no clue what anybody was talking about or anything. So, but I do know about the, the incident and and really haven't heard nothing about it because it's like as coach said, it doesn't fit the narrative that they want you to hear. And I mean it he ran over all these people on Gene, Gene, you're breaking up for a second, so I'm going to pause you a second, and I'm going to go over to Alan's. Maybe get the cons regrouped here real quick. Go ahead, Alan. 
I'm gonna tell you, Mr. Brooks, man, that cat's a POS right there, man. He's the biggest one you can find right now. I'm gonna tell you what though, I heard more about the guy. What was his name? Uh, Alex Fields, who drove through his Dodge Charger through that crowd at that uh, uh, BL uh, Black Lives Matter protest than I've heard about Mr. Brooks. And it all comes back. It's better to, to ride this white guy that was saw standing by some supremacists. I don't know how we verified that those white guys he was standing that ran through a crowd of Black Lives Matter protests. But we can't jump on this guy that, you know, a, a black guy who drove through a Christmas parade and hurt all these people. That's man, that dude's been breaking the law and may have had felonies since he was 11 years old. So you can't jump on his wagon and think it's going to help you in the, down the road with any votes because he's, he's going right back in if he, if he doesn't die before he gets there. So the media, you know, yeah, the media turned this off. This this hit the bleep the first day. And I guarantee you we're talking about the, uh, the, the grand champion at the dog show that was on Thanksgiving Day more than they talked about Brooks running through this parade on uh, this Christmas parade. Totally agree. Coach, I'm asking, what are your thoughts on this here? Well, one of the first things, and when I talk about it in my class, we've been, we've been talking about a couple of cases, and one of the things that we're, we're, we're talking about is the way the media immediately says, when something happens, a white police officer shoots a, a black teenager, or a white person does this to a, an event, or a white person shoots a Hispanic person. What you did not hear one time, and I still haven't heard it, is Daryl Brooks, a black so-and-so age runs through a crowd of people. You have not heard his race once by the media. And that, that's the number one thing that's always done when it's, when it, like, we, like Gene was saying, with the narrative that they need. White cop shoots black person. White guy goes into black church. But this gentleman right here was a black individual. And I don't think it should matter. But if you're going to do it one way, then let's do it with all. That Daryl Brooks was a criminal. He just happened to be black don't care if he's black white or hispanic or he's green the dude shouldn't have been on the street and the, the bail system we have and the system we have to release people right now is so jacked up you and i've talked about it vet this guy there's no way he should have been on the street and if he wasn't on the street these kids babies and all these people would not have been hit and run over on a christmas parade because this fool was running from another attack i mean this is absolutely a bad guy and his race shouldn't matter, but if we're going to say race matters when it's a white guy in Kenosha walking down the street at a Black Lives Matter event, then let's just go on and do it all. This black guy drove over a bunch of people. Let's just hear it both ways or don't hear it at all. I personally don't think you should hear it at all. I don't think that's relevant because uh, if a white person does something wrong, a white person did something wrong. It was a person that did something wrong. It doesn't mean that they're all the same, you know, uh, and the same thing. If a black person, a Hispanic person, whatever. To me, that's all Mox Nicks. But the media has perpetuated, as we said. So, you know, I'm just going to I'm going to refresh off the top of my head what Congresswoman within 48 hours Presley said. A white supremacist young boy walked across state lines with an AR-15 and murdered two people who were there to affirm the value and dignity of Black Lives Matter. Although one of them got caught using the N-word right before he got shot, like about 10 minutes before. 
It's on videotape. It was in the court. If you watch court, you'd know that, that he wasn't there to affirm shit. And then the second one was, you go to the social media page, it tells him and paints him exactly how he is. So moving along, but Kyle Rittenhouse was none of that that was described. And this young gentleman right here, and I'm not going to say young gentleman, he's 30-something years old, and he definitely ain't a gentleman. CNN said this. The the incident was caused by a car. I'm like, caused right. by a car? What the hell is that? No, a man went out and murdered people is what he did. He, he didn't do it like how 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 Miss Presley claimed. You know, she lied and she got bogus information or lied or whatever. No, he flat out mowed them down. So two things I got to go into. First of all, I, I got to cover this real quick because it appalled me when I read this. 1999, agri arrested for aggra aggravated battery with great harm, felony. And uh, these are the charges. Some of them are dismissed, some of them are not. Carrying a concealed weapon, uh, 2000, aggravated battery, intent, great harm, felony. He was convicted for that, received probation. Uh, carried a concealed weapon, uh, laudering, resisting, cocaine possession, 2002, resisting, take a took a vehicle and drove without the consent, uh, felony. THC possession, 2003, resisting arrest, 2005, resisting arrest, 2009, Attorney Ward, non-criminal, resisting officer, non-criminal, resisting 2010 felony or strangulation, suffocation, domestic abuse. Uh, the uh, complainant amended their uh, amended complaint, filed conviction, uh, misdemeanor battery, criminal charge, damage to property, uh, 2011 probation, violation, felony, extradited request, resisting, failure to appear, THC, attorney warrant, Possession, uh, possessed with the intent to deliver THC, bail jumping, 2012, probation violation, bail jumping felony, extradition, possession of THC felony, 2020, firearm convicted out-of-state felon, uh, endangering safety, domestic, reckless use of a firearm, possession of meth, and that reckless use of a firearm, he shot at a vehicle that had a family member in it, and it was a stolen weapon. Uh, paternity ward in 2020, uh, warrant in 2021 and 2021 in May, rest for battery, family violence, unclear. So those are just some of the colorful things. He's got a criminal record in Wisconsin, Georgia, Nevada. And so this is the question I'm going to ask, and I apologize I didn't propose this to you. Why has the last judge, and the last judge said he only needed a $1,000 bail, and that was just a few days prior when the most recent case when he tried to run over a woman at a gas station with a car. Only a thousand dollar bell. Where's the last judge resignation is what I'm going to ask. And I'm going to start with you, G, because you're on here and I uh, got you on here, but uh, where's their resignation? Because they should be resigning. They should be. And and I read that same thing that you were reading off there. And I seen a thousand dollar bail for killing six people. You know, if you go back to the first conversation, Kyle Rittenhouse, this was like $2 million. And that's, I mean, and he killed, or he shot three people that were that were felons that were attacking him. No, no, the thousand dollar bill was the, for the incident prior to the six. Oh, but it, was, yeah. but it was still, but it was still a vehicle trying to run somebody down. That's so, crazy. That's crazy, though. I, those guys should resign right now, and there should be no doubt in their mind they should, they got to resign. So I'm going to throw it to Alan, but I'm going to I'm going to propose this question though. And it's for everybody, but Alan, you're going to go first. 
It should the judge resign? I think they should. I don't know why we haven't seen the resignation. But, you know, there's always a narrative that, hey, the justice system is not fair for all colors of society. And is the judges being lenient because they're trying to compensate for that narrative, trying to overcome that narrative? So they've been socially pressed to, well, I need to be lenient more over here than I do over here. Is that is that what's going on? I don't know. I'm just asking, you know, so I'll throw it with you, Alan, first. You know, it could be a little of that. I mean, you know, once the pandemic hit, a lot of things change. I mean, you could have some marijuana on you and get pulled over. You ain't getting arrested for that no more. You're going to get a bench warrant. You're going to report. You're probably going to pay a fine. But, you know, 80s, 90s, you get pulled over <laughs> some marijuana. You, you might have been down there in Camp County's finest down there with, old, uh, with the sheriff down there. But, you know, the, yeah, they should be gone. But, you know, you left off a big thing that this dude should have never got out of jail for. Or I don't think he went, but he should have been in prison in 2005 when he got a 16-year-old girl pregnant. He says she told me she was 18. <laughs> they charged him with what was that thing? Damn technology. I feel like Bachman. I know he, he, he statutory he sexual abuse, seduction, and contributing to the delinquency of a minor after he raped and impregnated a 16 year old girl. Then they made him sign sign away his parental rights and all that. Man, they should have just took away all his rights and put him in the pen and left him there. They'd have took care of him for that one. I guess well, you Alan, there as a when's racist. the statue going up for him then? Uh, but Alan, on that one there, he was supposed to also register as a sex offender. I didn't see that first part of it. I didn't know what he was supposed to register for a sex offender for, but he didn't register for it. So there's a warrant out regards to that. And I'm like, so if there's a warrant out, how did you release him with a thousand dollar bail? I don't understand this. I, I'm I'm still sitting there going, where, why is the judge not resigned? Or I mean, or why is there not a protest out there for the judge? I mean, that's the legitimate. So go ahead, Alan. I apologize. Yeah. You know what? We're very selective on what we protest, you know, but I can, I mean, I just, I don't, I, I don't get a protest is one thing. I mean, I can, I should actually go down to Jerry Jones's house and protest the Cowboys right now for about a week and a half. I'll be there with you. But we are very selective. Now, if that had been, let's make Mr. Brooks the, a white guy that did all the things that he did. Well, we'd have done, <laughs> had a time burnt down that town. When he was that judge, when well, he wouldn't have had to resign because they'd have done hunted him down at his home. No. I agree. I'll throw it over to you, Coach. What do you got? Well, there's a couple of things, that, and 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 to piggyback on what Alan said is this: is you are correct. We, you're the the left is always, especially when it comes to some of the situations. Well, let this be. We're talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. Let's be a black 17 year old going down the street, and you know all this would have happened. Well, let's turn this around. Let's say that this Daryl Brooks guy was a white guy running over people at a Black Lives Matter parade. Do you think that the cities across the country would not be being burnt right now because of when they found out that he was let out on all this other stuff prior to, they'd be calling white privilege, they'd be calling all these different things that is really going on. Now, to, to someone that studies the uh, you know law all the time because I teach it is, now there is a certain thing in the Eighth Amendment with excessive bail that you always, these, these judges are always, they say they're hampered with, you know, what does it really mean to be excessive bail? Now, you talk about this $1,000 he let out on, 
we don't know the precedent that was set. Maybe this county always had a thousand dollars. I'm not saying it was, but maybe that's what it was across the board. And yes, you do look at your priors, but you, you know, it's you're really not supposed to set things on a prior. But you're right that if he was sitting there and didn't register as a sex offender, my mother's a probation officer. If they were on probation and they didn't register by a certain day, they were they were they revoked their probation, their butt was picked up and put in jail. So something something wasn't done correctly in that county. And the last thing I'll say on this is why in the world are not why did the why did the people on the right? Because I consider myself to be a conservative from the right. Why do we not ever protest? And why do we not ever get upset and get to the street over things like this? That the only the other side does, and we sat here and we'll complain on a podcast or at a coffee shop. But you know that right to protest that's in the First Amendment isn't just for people that are on the left. It's for us too. But for some reason we don't do it. I think there needs to be more protesting on our side to show the discomfort that we have with some these things going on in the country vet that's just my opinion well i'm gonna throw it to gene here real quick but i think there's two reasons for that the right tends to be conservative so they don't want to gripe too much that's just how conservative nature is that's one and two if we went to a protest we'd pass taco stand and we wouldn't get past that damn thing for one damn bit i'll tell you that right now so uh anyway so gene what what, what are your thoughts on all that right there i mean uh there, there's tons of stuff he's done wrong i mean in, in some states, he would have been put in jail for three-strike rule anyhow. You know, well, he was, I mean, well, when I was reading the articles about him, it says that he was a flight risk for everything. Yeah. And I don't I don't understand how you don't keep – you know, if he's a flight risk and you know he's going to – he's got a record for it, then why the hell is he still free and can just walk around if he's ran over people or done whatever he's done? And the, the whole thing about protests, I hate protests. I hate the Portland thing that happened last year. You know, and I hate the White House – the, or the, the Capitol building being being invaded. I hated that, you know, and that was all blamed on Trump and blah, blah, blah. And they said, well, if, if that was a BLM people that were raiding the Capitol, then they would have been treated different. I don't know when the, the black and white thing became such a political aspect of everything, but it, it seems to me like it didn't start until, you know, tr Trump was leaving office and then, all of a sudden, it had, they, they had to win by some way, and the narrative was the black and white thing. They had to divide the country somehow, some way. I'm going to throw this here, and I'm going to throw it to the coach. If you go take, well, go back and look at the George H.W. Bush election and Bill Clinton, yeah, one we of had to have those riots to, to, to out in L.A. to perpetuate that one there to push that then. We pushed it then, and then the Democrats, Nancy just dusted off that old playbook after she tore Trump's speech up. She said, give me the damn playbook, and she went after it. Go ahead, Coach. Well, one of the things is I want to push this back a little bit further away from Trump. There's a great documentary that Frontline PBS did called The uh, America's Divide Part 1, The Obama Years, and America's Divide Part 2, The Trump Years. And it actually shows the division was there previous to you know Trump. It was actually there even before Obama. And when he became president, it, it, it lit a fire under both sides. But it, what it did was it divided both sides. There used to be where we could we partisan meant that we would work together even if we didn't get along. We didn't have the same ideology. But at that point in time, the Republicans from day one said we are not going to work with this guy no matter what. And that just transformed into when Trump was elected, the Democrats said we're not going to work with him no matter what. And now it's just continuing. And I don't know if it's going to take some kind of politician that's in the middle that both parties are going to love, which I don't know if there's ever going to be one. But this is going to continue this way that whoever's in power, 
is they're going to be able to do what they want to do if they have any kind of majority or even 50-50. And the other side, no matter how good it is or how bad it is, is never going to check that vote for them because they don't want to make that person look like that they are a good president or they're doing anything correct. That's what happened with Obama. That's what happened with Trump. And now it's happening with Biden. And I'm not saying Joe Biden's doing anything right. I'm still trying to find that one thing he's doing right. But there is one thing you can't guarantee, no matter if he started doing something right, the Republicans are not going to vote yay on anything. I think that all comes back to the the American people can put a put a stop to that by voting in people that's for the people instead of for their pocketbook. Because I, I I'm all for term limits. I think term limits should be in in the Constitution for term limits. You know, there's no reason these people should become millionaires off the American people while they're in office. Well, Gene, one thing, Coach and I disagree on that a little bit, but what uh, I agree with you on that, and what I will say on regarding term limits is I cannot think of a single elected official that's been in over 30 years that has the country at the foremost thought of their mind instead of their party. Uh, I think they all put the party at after the 20 year mark, they're putting the party first instead of the country. And uh, that's not being mean and nothing like that. It's just, that's how they are. Uh, so we're about to have to get out of here because uh, we've had technical difficulties a good bit of the night and we were trying to get past all that. And uh, so I'm, go ahead, coach. Well, one of the things I want to say before we do get off to piggyback on what you just said, the great first president of the United States, we said it before, said the two things that is going to disrupt this country and he was terrified about going forward was was foreign debt, debt to foreign agencies, and also political parties. Because political parties means you're more aligned with the party than you actually are the country. And we see it more and more every day. There's only been about two weeks in the last 30 years that I can remember that we were all on the same page. And that's after two towers fell down. But besides that, no one's on the same page anymore. And no matter what happens, there's always a good, bad, and ugly, depending on which side of the political you know, spectrum that you're on. And the other person is the enemy, the devil, and against the party or the people. And I am the only one that cares about the people. And then you turn on the next news channel and they're saying the opposite, the opposite party saying the same thing. You're right. We're going to need somebody. We're going to need somebody in the middle. We're going to need some new people in office. Firm limits would be great. But some of these new idiots that are coming in right now are no better. Look at all those fools on the left, like Johan and all those fools. And they got the crazy psychos on the right down there in Georgia. What is her name? I don't even remember her name. I think she's about as psycho as you come. All these new people are acting psycho now. So I don't know what's going to fix it. Well, one thing I'll say, and I'm going to throw it over to everybody real quick, is, is if you look back through our, our nation's history, especially with the congressional legislative people, hell, we've had gunfights. So, I mean, it ain't that bad, you know. So we think it's been bad now. It's only because the media is injected deep in it. Media went all in on this. They went neck deep in this thing instead of going treading like ankle water deep, you know. And uh, and they, they exacerbated it all. I think it's always been this way. And we had those few per- moments of periods in history. We had the unison after Pearl Harbor. We had the unison after 9-11 and things like that, uh, that our country draws really, really close together. But I think there's always bickering and people not seeing eye to eye. With that there, i got to throw it over. And I'm going to start with Eugene. Give us your last part and shots. And we're going to throw it over to Alan. And we'll get it to the coach and get the flip-flop out of here tonight. <laughs> I don't know if I really have anything else to say. I think I've said it pretty much all here is I, I – 
I firmly believe that, you know, until we vote someone, you know, the, the country gets fed up with it and they vote on it, but it's, it's always going to be, as, as coach said, it's always going to be party affiliated. Everybody's so stuck on their party. They'll refuse, absolutely refuse to do something that's better for the country. And, and up until, up until Trump, to tell you the truth, I thought the country was too lazy to vote in a, a new president. That's why every one of them had two terms all the way up to Trump. And I just didn't, I, until, until we vote some of those politicians out of office, they're working for their pocket instead of us, then it's not going to happen. Well, one thing that I went to a course, my, my last major course in the military, executive leader course, and they, they taught us when we went to the Pentagon and went to Washington, that this right here, majority of the country, like way more than majority, like 75% believe that congressional leaders are the worst part of America, the worst occupation there is, most distrusted. But majority of the people like their own congressman or congresswoman. So they, they hate everybody else's. They just don't. And they like theirs. So that's how Nancy and people like that stay in. Go ahead, Alan. You know, I think we just need to go back to about the 80s. Do away with social media and cell phone cameras. Because before those, hey, for all I knew, this country was the greatest thing cooking. Social media, I mean, social media is great and keeps us in touch with each other, but it's also it's it's also like the, the devil's playground. I mean, if you want to if you want to get something going, you put it on social media and you can get it spread out quick, and whether it's true or not. Because most people ain't gonna go and try to look up something or go watch the news and go read something. No, I'll get all my news from you know from social media. I'm always telling the vet. All my news I get from him and, and, and the coach. I don't need to watch Fox. I don't need to. I just then I just I just watch y'all's podcast, listen to podcasts, and I'm caught up. But hey, <laughs> hey, I appreciate being on the show, man. Hey, y'all are doing great things. Hey, and like I said, I'm, I'm here anytime you need me. Uh, it's a highlight of my week. That tells you what kind of life I live. Uh, <laughs> Come on, it's been great tonight. Hey, even with all the technical difficulties, me and Ian got scared. Went down to two of us. I said, "Boy, it's gonna yeah. be real. It's gonna be real. It'd be hard if it was hey, Ian and Ira, and Alan. But Ian and Alan, it wasn't gonna be as oh, good." I'm gonna tell so, you. So, Alan, I want to go back Wait. to '80s. I want to see you in those parachute pants again, man. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I'll so I gotta throw it guys. over there, Coach. Yeah. Well, first and I, foremost, I, I had zero technical difficulties. What I had was ignorant operator because i'm doing it from my phone and if you hit this one button it's right beside the mic it'll 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 actually dismiss me so i didn't have any technique it was my fault headspace and time exactly so one of the things the last thing i want to say about this until we as a society demand to quit saying white guy shot black guy black guy hit hispanic guy a Hispanic guy ran over black guy. We could just start saying a 36-year-old guy by the name of Daryl Brooks ran over a bunch of people that were named this at this. Oh, and, and Kyle Rittenhouse, a 17-year-old teenager in Wisconsin area, defending himself against three wackos and don't put a color and a race to it or a gender or a sexual orientation to it. We've got to stop that. Somebody has got to get back to the normality of let's put race aside and put America first. And Americans mean this. You're not African-American if you're born in North Carolina. You're an American. 
if you were born in Africa and you became a United States citizen, then you're an African-American. If you're a Mexican and you were born in Mexico and you become an American citizen, you're a Mexican-American. But if you're born in the United States of America, I don't care if you're black, Hispanic, red, blue, whatever, you're a dang American. And I'm damn proud to have you as a brother. So there we go. It's time to hit, hit get out of here. So I'm going to say from the coach. And to the vet. Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. <laughs>